Well, happy Friday as the leaves started changing and the day length also. It is the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Yes, Adam, we are into fall and pumpkin spice latte season, among other things. <laughs> Which some people have been celebrating for three months already. I didn't know if you knew that. Yes, uh, the pumpkin spice latte thing, uh, people get excited about well before this time of year. And why not? It's awesome. Um, and so is pumpkin frozen yogurt, by the way. Ooh. Uh, just had some on my way into the studio. Um, so if I can get an official sponsorship from the Fuzzy Peach in Zealand, <laughs> that would be awesome. But this is an unofficial plug for them because they have awesome frozen yogurt. Whenever they come out with a uh, fruit or any other essence frozen yogurt, I'm always a little skeptical about how good it can be. Like, maybe it will just have a little kind of minute tasting, you know, a little bit of a taste of that thing. Yeah, just a touch. But they always seem to they always seem to nail it at the Fuzzy Peach. So, they... so there's an unofficial endorsement for that. But we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> Thank you for that colorful intro there, Adam. Yes, you're welcome. Food will do that. Um, yes, food will definitely do that. And so we're going to get back on track. Today we are continuing our Virtues of the Christian Life series with a look at the virtue of loyalty. And I'm kind of tying faithfulness into that um, because I think they're both very close to one another in definition. And also because the loyalty definition was very um, succinct in the Webster's 1828. So I thought we could stretch the discussion a little bit more and kind of merge the two. So let's start with the quote of the day. Which comes right from the Bible, Proverbs seventeen seventeen. That's going to be easy to remember. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. All right. And basically, um, I think this shows loyalty because it's talking about if you have a true friend, they're going to love you through everything. We look at the the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about all the things love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Uh, love does not keep record of wrongs. Love is not boastful. All the things that we as humans tend to be, yeah. uh, love is not. So that's a challenge in and of itself. Um, and so if you truly are a friend, that that's when, you're, when your true friend, when true friendship can really be shown is when you have a disagreement. Um, you know, some of my strongest friendships are with people who, with whom I've had, uh, I won't quite say knock down drag out fights, but, <laughs> but, but some pretty intense disagreements and still come out on the other side as close friends because we still loved and respected one another enough to work through those things. And, um, not that I'm recommending that we get in a fight, um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or saying that maybe Adam and I should get in a fight off air so that our friendship can be strengthened. But I am saying <laughs> that the way life happens sometimes, um, when your metal is tested and you still come forth as friends, that can be a real proof of loyalty. So, Adam, uh, first of all, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think that's so true. It, you know, a true friend loveth at all times, and that means even in the good parts of friendship and the not so good parts of friendship. That means even when you're arguing or or 
or maybe butting heads on something. You know, you don't have to agree on everything, but if you do love someone through all moments in life, it certainly makes a relationship a lot stronger. And, and along those same lines, I had a friend that was going through a real rough patch, and she and they are very. This particular person is a very um, put, you know, very I can do it myself type of person. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I that I have thought about this person and about other people that I know of, and I'm kind of the opposite because my my heart's on my sleeve. If something's going wrong, you're gonna ask about it because you're gonna know by the way I look that something's bothering me. Um, and I said, you know. Uh, True friendship isn't just doing all you can for the other person. It's about letting them help you deal with the crap in your life. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we think that we're doing our friends a service by drawing away from them when bad things are happening to us. But real friendship, like you were talking about, Adam, it's about going through even the rough times together. And quite frankly, when I'm going through a rough time, my first instinct, is to reach out for help from other people. Mm-hmm. I do not want to go through rough times by myself. I want people to know what's going on. Now, I understand there are different personalities in our audience and not everybody is going to have that view. But I'm just throwing that out there that, remember, a true friend will help you through even the icky times. And so let's keep that in mind as Adam is now going to read for us both the... Webster's 1828 definition of loyalty followed by the Webster's 1828 definition of faithfulness. Loyalty is fidelity to a prince or sovereign or to a husband or lover, such as he had such loyalty to the king as the law requires. Now, faithfulness means fidelity, loyalty, firm adherence to allegiance and duty as the faithfulness of a subject. It means truth, veracity as the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness is strict adherence to injunctions and to the duties of a station as the faithfulness of servants or ministers. It's strict performance of promises, vows, or covenants and constancy in affection as the faithfulness of a husband or wife. All right. Well, let's let's look at these a little bit here. Um, loyalty is fidelity to a prince or a sovereign. Um, and then, of course, it talks about um, being faithful in marriage as like kind of the, kind of the ultimate loyalty. Um, so let, let's un, unpack these. First of all, um, one of the one of the things that you'll see in uh, this isn't our 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 main Bible spotlight today, but think about the relationship between David and Jonathan in the Bible. Da- Jonathan knew that David was supposed to be king. And so he was fiercely loyal to David um, and said, David, you will be king. I'm not going to stand in your way. Um, And they became best friends. And it actually says in the scriptures that the soul of Jonathan was knit unto David. And so that just talks about a very strong, sincere loyalty that they had, even though it cost um, Jonathan the kingdom. So I think that's an important thing. Loyalty is um, a firmness of friendship, even at what could be the result of great cost. 
And so that is just something that I think is important. And then, of course, um, loyalty in marriage is something that I have greatly benefited from watching my parents um, stay committed to one another through 38 years of marriage. And I really appreciate that about them. And then moving into faithfulness. Um, again, it's very similar, um, but we talk about faithfulness of a subject to a king, or in our case, um, maybe allegiance to our country to a degree. Of course, I believe that God comes before country, but in so much as we can honor the country, um, while still honoring God, I am very much a patriot. I love this country. I love the freedom that we have here. And I don't take it lightly. I think we need to fight for our freedom. We need to realize that our freedom has been fought for. And we need um, to be faithful citizens as much as we can, knowing that God's word takes precedence, of course. Before we go any further, Adam, do you have any thoughts on what has been shared so, so far? Um, I think it's interesting how like loyalty and faithfulness, like you almost can't have one without the other, even though there's a little bit different meanings. They're, they're so similar and how it says that it's, it's, it's firm adherence allegiance. It's, it's not like, you know, uh, faithful for a little bit and then I'm just going to kind of let it go. Cause I'm over it kind of thing. It's like, no, the loyalty is like, you are all in, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's meh, you know, you're all in. That's true loyalty. I feel like loyalty nowadays is like if you cheer for something or someone or have a bumper sticker in your car, you're like, oh, I'm loyal. But are you really there in the times when, you know, the road hits the rubber? Oh, exactly. That's really, I mean, the the perfect analogy is the wedding day. On a wedding day, usually the couple, they, they feel so in love and they're so excited to get married, which is not a bad thing at all. It's sure. a good thing. Right. But then, you know, what's going to happen when the bumps happen, when one or both of you is, is physically sick, when the checkbook doesn't balance quite the way we want it to, when some, when one or both of the spouses begins to uh, gain weight, or when, like in my parents' case, a child dies, mm -hmm. or a child is born with a um, profound disability, as I was. You know, those are the things that are the worst in a lot of ways that could happen when you're talking about those marriage vows. And that's really when it becomes real, when you hit the worst and you, and you still say, I'm staying with you because I know that my commitment isn't as much to you as it is to God. And, um, so, and then, uh, third point here on faithfulness is strict adherence to injunctions and to the duties of a station um, or the faith, so the faithfulness of servants or ministers. If you remember in Acts chapter 4, um, Peter and John were told not to preach in the name of Jesus ever again. And their response was, uh, whether it is wrong of us to, to teach of Jesus, you can judge for yourself. But we personally have to speak of the things that we have seen and heard, and we can't stop. And when they got released, they went back and they prayed for more boldness to do it even more, rather than cowering and asking God to remove the persecution. I think that's something that we often do as Christians. We want him to remove the suffering, remove the bad thing. 
But what he's trying to do is use the bad things to refine us, to make us better. And uh, so I think that's important. And then strict performance of promises, vows, and faithfulness and affection. We kind of talked about that with um, the husband and wife relationship. So we won't dwell on it. But our main Bible spotlight today is on the story of Ruth and Naomi. Now, Adam and I were listening to Ruth chapter 1 before this podcast. So I'm just going to summarize for you what was happening. Um, Naomi and her husband, um, Elimelech, um, I think, uh, uh, yes, Elimelech and his wife Naomi, they went to Moab from Bethlehem, which was probably not a great idea. Because Moab was a Gentile country and they were supposed to be in the land for God's chosen people. But they went and they found Moabite wives for their husband, for their sons, Malon and Kilion, which also probably was not the greatest idea. (laughs) But these men died, all three of them, Naomi's husband and both of her sons. And they left these three women widowed and basically destitute. And so Naomi says, I'm going back to Bethlehem to my family um, because I have nothing here in Moab. And uh, so she goes back and her daughters are following her and she tells them to go back to find husbands in their own land. And Orpah, her one daughter-in-law, listens to her, kisses her, walks away. But Ruth says that she's not going to walk. And I want to read it from the scriptures in Ver- in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. It says, But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything, but death parts me and you. And uh, so there really wasn't anything that Naomi could give to Ruth. Um, But Ruth left with her in faith and ended up being rewarded because um, God sent a kinsman redeemer who was a close relative of Naomi's who eventually married Ruth and gave her a son, which was actually by Jewish culture, was her her husband's son, was known as her husband's son. And she actually ended up in the uh, family line of Jesus. If you read the genealogy of Jesus, um, you'll read about Ruth. Um, and so because she was faithful, um, she got to play um, a semi-direct role in the line that was responsible for the redemption of all mankind. And so that just shows how God takes someone and uses them regardless of their uselessness to the world. To the Jewish culture, she was they were probably like, what's a Moabite doing here? <laughs> you know, what business does she have being in Bethlehem? But it's also interesting um, what Boaz says to Ruth when she's gleaning in his field and she says, 
how do you know about me? Because he, he talks to her and he says, I've, I've heard things about you. And he says, well, I've heard a lot of people talk about how you left your homeland and, and everything that was familiar to you, um, to come to Bethlehem and to follow God and to take refuge under his wings. And what a testimony that that followed her, that, that what people knew about Ruth, what they saw about her was her loyalty to God and her loyalty to Naomi. And it's interesting too, that you can't have loyalty to the people in your life unless you have loyalty to God first. Mm -hmm. It's a very important key. Do you have any thoughts, Adam? Uh, I just find it so interesting how, you know, you hear about these women, they, they lose the men in their life. Boom. Just like that. I mean, a, you know, you put yourself in that position or for us, Andrew would be like, if we lost our wives or something, how do you even continue? But it's awesome to see how even today Ruth's story is still shared and used in examples to see how, you know, look how loyal God is in our lives and how faithful he is. Because even though those women went through some horrible times, you know, Ruth had a heart to really be an example to show that there's still a way to do good in the situation. And God used it for good because it's an example we're still using, you know, what, millennials later. So just an interesting fact. I thought that was really cool. All right. Well, we're just going to wrap up our discussion with a couple more um, passages. The first one um, talks about um, our loyalty um, to each other, and then, uh, and then also God's loyalty to us. And the second one also underscores God's loyalty to us. So I'll let Adam read both of these, and then I'll have some final thoughts. First one comes from Proverbs 18.24. A man that hath friends must shew himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And then lastly, Hebrews 13.5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And I believe when it's talking about conversation there, it's talking about more than just verbal. It's talking about the the way that you do your lifestyle, what you prioritize in life, you know, because there's a very interesting saying. It says, we don't always live what we believe. Or no, we don't always live what we profess, but we always live what we believe. Mm -hmm. In other words, you can tell me that you believe something and then I can watch you do things that are totally against what you told me. And then I can, I can infer, other than the fact that I know that we're imperfect and we all fail to certain points, but especially as someone that does not know the Lord, I can infer very easily that you don't believe what you told me. But I can always, to a certain extent, tell what you really believe by the way that you act. Because the things that you believe will inform the way your lifestyle works. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, um, or, and then there's just this, well, the first one is talking about how if we want friends, we have to show ourselves friendly. Uh, that was something that fortunately I learned at a very early age that, um, that I learned to be friendly so that I could, um, become friends with others and it really helped me because if I was, 
introverted on top of being disabled, I think I would have been in big trouble Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't have accomplished nearly as much as I have in my life because I need much more help from other people than a lot of people might. And so in order to, in order to excel, I needed to cultivate relationship. And that's, that's an important thing um, to keep in mind. And then also the second one um, is so encouraging too, because a lot of times we think, well, that next thing, that next car, the next iPhone, whatever it might be, that's going to give me contentment. That is going to going to give me happiness. That's going to fulfill me. Um, but God says, no, be content with what you have. Because what you have has been given to me. Does that mean never get new things? No, it doesn't. But it means to keep them in perspective. You know, I, I have said it before on this broadcast that even with inanimate objects that I get, whether it be my van, whether it be a new piece of technology, I always pray that God will allow me to honor him with it. And that's just something I started doing several years back. And it, it might seem a little corny, but it really does help. Now, does that mean that I still 100% uh, honor God with these things? No, because I'm, I'm a flawed human being. But that, that's the goal. Um, and I think that as you as you prioritize those things and as you make that important, you'll find that it's easier. And then um, just to realize that God will never leave us or forsake us. That's an amazing truth. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that he became sin for us who knew no sin. He didn't know any sin. He had never committed any sin. Jesus hadn't. But he became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. He hung on the cross and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And why did God forsake him? So that he could say to us later, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he says that to you today. If you are searching for fulfillment, it will only be found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Adam, do you have any final thoughts? I think like you said, you know, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And when we realize how loyal he is, then we can be loyal to the rest of the world. So I can't top that. That's good. That's good. All right. And remember, we've mentioned it a few times um, since our, our 200th podcast, but the goal of this speaking for him podcast is not to sound like we have it all together, <laughs> but simply to point you to the one that can put it all together. And that is Jesus Christ. Well, that's all we have for today. Um, We hope that you will have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 